Welcome to Managing Marketing and today I've got this fabulous view over St Kilda Road or St Kilda Boulevard. I think some people call it Bullshit Boulevard, don't they Anne? Oh, they do, yes. <laughs> and um, we're here in Melbourne of course and I'm meeting up with Anne Miles, Executive Producer and Managing Director of International Creative Services. Welcome Anne. Hello, thank you. <laughs> um, we go back a long way, but we both were babies at the time, to uh, JWT. I was uh, one of the copywriters and, uh, and creative director and you were head of uh, TV there. I know, it seems like a lot, you know, light years away now. I know, but I, I do have a very favourite uh, memory from those days because we actually shot a commercial or a series of commercials for Blockbuster Music in Los Angeles. And I do remember we're staying at the Sunset Marquee mm -hmm. and uh, I've been out with Michelle Lawrence, who was the executive creative director, and we'd got back to the hotel and we're walking uh, through the pool area and there you were sitting on the lounge by the pool, mobile phone pressed to the ear, laptop and this pile of um, production papers that were almost <laughs> as tall as you were. And I just thought, every inch the Hollywood producer. That's so funny because I actually think that's a foundation to what I'm doing now because the world is actually becoming more and more virtual and um, portable. So we don't need to be bound by the, well, the structure of everything. That was last yeah. century and you were already the yeah. mobile office. Yeah, so I've really always been ahead of yourself, haven't you? I have. Sometimes I feel like I've been a bit too far ahead of things so it takes uh always been up for innovating i definitely was like at jwt days we were the first to do in-house production back then we were first to do digital formats that mm -hmm. campaign was now it's mainstream right but at the time it kicked up a major storm oh. and it was a big deal but oh, um, I, mean, I think the world's just got to have a shake up every now and then and, and look i think uh, it's good to be ahead of the trend because you know even though mm. sometimes it's frustrating and uh, people are often uh, resist the change mm. um, you learn a lot being out there doing new things don't you definitely i feel like you know over the years obviously jwt was a very fun time for me um but then i just grew i think to be honest i was one of those women that were identified in management training as this is the person that should be in leadership position in management in your business. And then they'd go, oh, but she's a woman and she's in production, so that's not gonna work. Mm. So for me, what I had to do was to go um, horizontally. So I needed my stretch and my own personal uh, sort of achievement by not going up, but going across. Yeah. So I mean, and you did up. that, didn't you? you yeah. You, I mean, it's not just a head of TV in a, a couple of, or a few agencies. Mm. You also went production side, visual effects, right. exit films. Was yes, it? started up exit films, which I'm very proud of where they've come to. It's one of the biggest in Australia now. But that model is, you know, what we set up at that mm. time, so it was quite visionary. Yeah. And uh, you've also worked marketer side, you've yeah. had a, a couple of roles uh, uh, as a marketer. That's right, yeah. And also you've been a coach. Yeah, business yeah. coach as well. Yeah. I trained in consumer psychology and neurolinguistics. Uh, 
what else? I mean, I'm really diverse now. Well, let's, so this is kind of that up. horizontal move, you know, getting yeah. as many uh, mm. ex, uh, experience and expertise that's across right. a whole range mm. of things, which oh, pretty much, right. oh, yeah. Oh, so there was another one too, because I actually um, went into research company um, for a little while as well. So I was inside, doing insights for them, um, and we oh. adopted a new kind of um, agile insights technique. So while the focus group was happening, I was capturing the insights on the spot and we were kind of like a sticky note coin centre, yeah. yeah. And then taking those and turning into really fast reporting and the reporting, you know, obviously you can get a whole lot of things, but how do you make sense of it? So I really enjoyed that. Um, uh, so it's, yeah, everything, I think. I'm trying to think what part of the industry I haven't touched in some way. And as an entrepreneur, um, level then you have to do so much more as well mm. i mean i've even taught myself in design and uh i can edit and you know i've sort of done everything now i feel like it's about just keeping everyone else honest and about the best value in the scheme of things too well that brings us up to today or in fact not mm. today when did you form international creative services ics yeah i did start it in 2009 but what i've felt like I was, I don't know that I really found my groove. Yeah. And so I think also, if I'm honest, I had some uh, things going on in my family life that needed a focus. And, uh, you know, I have challenging children with special needs. Yeah. And so I needed to just take some time out. So that's when I considered going client side. And that experience uh, was the best mistake I ever made. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm, so glad that's how you, I'm, I'm glad that's how you put it because people talk about you know making mm. mistakes, uh, but then they don't want to talk about it. And in fact, yeah. when, you, when you make a misstep like that, it's not even a mistake. It's yeah. a misstep on a path. Oh. Um, and then to, mm. to be able to see that in the mm. context of, okay, but I learned so much from it. And I'm oh. sure that's what... I so did. And I think that's actually why I've just come back out this year and reinvented the whole thing. So being client side, I was absolutely appalled, to be honest, by the whole um, process of a big agency and working with a brand that probably in this instance was uh, not quite big enough for the scale of the agency that they were working with. So there's a really good place for a big agency, but you've got to have the right fit. Mm. I feel like this particular brand was too small for it. And, you know, I'm sitting there in a meeting with no outcome. I counted up all the head hours and I just went, this is a $20,000 meeting and we have no outcome. And I did my maths about things I care about. I went, that's 8,333 people having water from one wasted meeting like we just can't operate like that right so if we'd had an important outcome and it was useful yeah cool but yeah. it just was not and it was an ongoing theme and also what happened is that the you know having the expertise and the background that i had i was the agency's worst nightmare because i knew what i was looking at so there were all these terrible things that they were doing to keep the client side out of what they were doing so, but you knew I because knew. you'd spent so much time working yeah, in that area. In every yeah. aspect of the business, there was nothing you knew that what I didn't you were know. Looking at. I knew exactly what I was looking at. I could look at the a television budget and I could say, hmm, there's 300 grand too much in that. But of course, I'm getting the, uh, well, you've got to approve this in 10 minutes or we're pulling the whole job kind of thing would yeah. happen. And I'd say, in an agency, if a client asked me for a breakdown, I could give it to them on Straight the spot. Away. Yeah. 
I had to get four days to, to see get a, a breakdown. breakdown. And you well, know, that's just not right. massaging the numbers yeah, to actually Yeah, going, oh my God, she knows what she's looking oh. at, what the hell. You know? oh, and you've brought out my cynicism. <laughs> yeah. I've been working so hard to suppress that. Uh, and look, there's not a lot of agencies that are doing that, but this was an eye-opener to me. I just went, oh my God, we mm. just can't operate like that. So I was so um, confronting to them, right? And, you know, that was a challenging time because I just wasn't going to pay for things that we didn't need as well. And it's like, you look at the um, head hour estimates and they were charging for people full time mm. for about five people from the start to the end of the job. And there's no way that's actually realistic. And I'd so go, I don't pay for people who are what, sitting in dark rooms. What know? I hear in this, mm. Anne, is the same thing that made you such an effective executive producer, producer, head of TV, mm. which is all about taking responsibility for the client's budget. Yeah. And yet at the same time, mm. making sure that the creative vision mm. is being delivered on screen as well. Yeah, I think you really hit on the nail on the head for me. Because I'm, I'm one of these people, it's an unusual breed, where I am mid-brain. So I'm, and I know about this because I'm all tested and everything, but I'm equally left brain as I am right brain. So for me, the creative execution is as important as any, you know, fluffy creative out there. Like, I do really care about that. At the same time, I'm also very careful and I understand the business side of things. And probably more than anything at the moment, I'm saying no to work because I'm saying I'm not going to produce something for you because I don't feel your strategy's in line. And a lot of the production companies will just go, yeah, cool, this is the opportunity for us to have a folio piece. And they only think of it in terms of their own Yeah, because from their perspective, it's only ever going to be judged in the isolation of is this a good piece of production That's it, of an yeah. idea yeah. rather than how that fits into the mm. overall strategy mm. to deliver some sort of business or marketing outcome, yeah. isn't it? That's right. And I think there's a time and a place for everything. So, you know, absolutely there's a time and a place for the coolest, most, you know, wonderful cinematography because it's delivering on something specific to the target audience. There's no production company in town that would actually ask you for the brand strategy and who's the customer profile that we're talking to before they come up with a director solution or a, um, you know who the what all the production team would be so so as we're sitting here talking now mm. international creative services yeah is more than just a production facility that's right and it's more than even a advertising mm. agency mm. it's uh, almost like it is a linear uh, holistic approach to both of those it is and, and i feel like in lots of ways i really intend to be agnostic if you can say that word mm. like i feel like this is a creative and production solution to whoever needs it solved and it's compartmentalized so and and what happens too is a lot of advertising agencies are calling the strategic nous of external grown-up people because for one it's actually more efficient than their own um, normal pipeline uh, so they can get the big ideas really affordably outside their own model okay so, so, that's so sorry your yeah. clients people coming to ICS are not just marketers coming direct you're also getting a lot of agencies coming to you as well that's right so I've 
feel like, um, and so an agency can come to me in lots of ways. So firstly, they can say we need overflow for pitch. We need, we've got a brand problem and we need the grown-ups to fix it. That's one aspect. The other would be, um, you know, even if someone said we need independent media strategy, there's no reason why we can't do that mm. either. Um, it's a consultative model bespoke. Then at the um, next stage would be overflow creative concepting. So if an agency needs a pitch um, and they want a deck of concepts, we'll even do concepts just scribbling on paper because they can do the implementation, but they need the thoughts. Yeah, just to generate the to concepts or ideas it. that they can then put into yeah. the system. I'd call that the core messaging. So yep. we can deliver that. And then next stage is we can deliver actual execution of the work. So an ideal scenario at the moment, this probably is how a television department would use me. They would say, hey, we need to resource a job in, New so in South Australia. Uh, what could you do? Mm -hmm. And I'd go, and what a production house would normally do would be to say, oh, here's our director pick from them. But I would rather them say, here's my strategic brief. This is my customer profile. What can you pull together? So really what you're doing is reframing every production opportunity into a business or marketing framework and yeah. even every creative opportunity into a business or marketing framework. Yeah. Which is what and it's independent. Agency, yeah, but agencies yeah. would say they do that. Mm. But in actual fact, the linear process means that often along the line, you know, certainly the account mm. management people that are working with the client to get the strategy mm. would be very focused, but then mm. it's maybe not as focused when it comes to creative concept and then even mm. less focused when it comes to production, even within one organisation. Yeah, and I've written a white paper on that, which I'm happy to share if anyone wants it. But I And so I actually hosted well, a research Is that on your website? Or, uh, yes. There's okay, a we'll put a to, link. We'll put a link on there. Thanks a lot, because um, I think it's really useful. So I think that this silo um, problem, which you've just described in agencies, is a real issue. And I and I did this research project with industry creatives, like how can we solve the problem where the strategy is not making it all the way through to the final execution? It's been a pet hate of mine, and I think also being quite strategic and then being a producer, what means what happens is sometimes uh, my voice is not heard because yep. the producer doesn't get involved in strategy. But I'm going, we have to rethink this because the producer is actually the person who's the most involved from start to end. Yeah. From you know early concept stage before it even becomes an agreed concept, they should be involved about viability and, you know, yeah. does, is it written to budget? Well, but also, you know, why get the strategy right up front yeah. and then completely miss the point at the end? That's right. Because it, and it's actually really, it was a shock. There were um, a lot of clients came to, to watch the um, research project. And so it was like a focus group with mm. industry creatives. And we we're trying to figure out how we can close this gap. And um, the clients at the back in the observation room just said they were so shocked that all this money that they're spending on insights and working out what their brand is and all of that, that it actually stops in either account service or in the strategy department. At best, it goes to the executive creative director, but it's not going beyond that. Mm. And there was no way, that's just one of the um, discoveries in this, but to me, that was like the most powerful. And I feel that reinventing the role of the producer as I've reinvented myself 
I feel that's going to deliver much more strategic work and be a voice to say along the way, hang on a minute, this seems like this person in this chain is just doing it for their own folio. Let's just go back to what the strategy is. What's the purpose of this? That's right, yeah. And who are we talking to? And how are we delivering against that purpose? Yeah, because a lot of producers I've seen and creatives will go, oh, we've got to work with them. And even during this, when I was on client side, um, I said, oh, how come you chose this? film director for a start the film director did not have anything on his show reel that showed he had the capability and I look back at it and I am certain to this day that that was the friend of the creative director it was not actually the right person for the job and then the poor old producers kind of forced into it because the whole agency model is around centered around the creative director yeah so there's a, there's a whole lot of uh, political reasons and we both we've both yeah. experienced these i mean mm. i remember the first agency i ever worked in uh, you worked with a particular production house and producer because the agency had a deal mm. to put all the particular client work through there so they right. get a, a rebate. Yeah. Um, then there were other agencies mm. where the uh, executive creative director had a good mate mates who would uh, do all of their you know uh, films or music or whatever and so all the work would go there Mm. whether they were right or not or Mm. whether there were other options Mm. you know there are a whole lot of political reasons Mm. that clients are never aware of no and yet it's their money and the everyone else in the agency has Mm. to sit there and basically Mm. are they lying no they're just uh, telling the story in a way that hides the truth and a little bit of it is unintentional as well so it's sort of like unconscious bias if you want to say that so it's unconscious bias about who to choose for jobs so even back in those days in agencies like I had a very strict rule that producers had to go through and I called it the A to Z theory so they had to go through the list of directors from A to Z pull out every single person who was viable for that job then pull from that a short list of 10 then they came to me and we talked about who was the best top six and then they were to ring so, one so, two and three so you did yeah. that to try and ensure that there was the broadest possible consideration the right person for the job yeah, yeah. before you got to the, yeah. yeah i mean we we yeah. have that now um uh, mm. we've got uh, a couple of uh competitors in the area of pitch consulting who when they get asked by clients uh, who they'd recommend put Mm. the same six agencies forward without doing any research yeah whereas we have a database of about three and a half thousand Mm. different agencies suppliers and things and that's where we start is exactly like you the a to z yeah of all the people available who are the ones that best fit the need that's right Mm. Well, I have to say, you're being sort of, ground, you know, breaking ground and doing... I stand for the right thing more than I care for myself sometimes. But those days, even the Melbourne production industry used to give me a hard time because occasionally I'd be hiring someone from Sydney. <gasps> and I'd be like, oh, my God. I got so much grief for that. And mm. the fact that, you know, to me, also in-house was... You know, so controversial at that time, and now I say it's well, global. I remember world. years ago. Didn't Cleminger BBDO have a thing called Port Productions? They started that, yeah. After I mean, most yeah. agencies at some point have had their own, yeah. if not in-house, mm. a production company that they've had a yeah. financial interest in. 
And it's I'm not thinking, new, is it? No. no. Well, we were new back in JWT yeah. days. Because that was in actually in-house. We did it completely in-house with another, without another brand. Right. Whereas Port became another brand. Yeah. And then uh, then there was Colours. Well, and, and before that, back in uh, the late 80s, there was Goodwood pictures up at uh, Mattingly. That's right. They yeah. had one. You know, Stuart, right. Stuart yeah. Nelson uh, yeah. was the executive producer. Yeah. I'm sure Stuart will uh, forgive me because he's actually gone on to make a big career out of his stuttering. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hear about that. I think the interesting thing, the reason that those um, separate companies evolved which was different than how we were doing it at JWT, is because they needed to do that because of the net billing problem. Yeah. So that meant that those exterior companies, they could keep the profit in and they were free of audit. Whereas when we did it at JWT, it was just like the rest of what we did. It was very It was another department. It was within our department, just added yeah. the depth to the service. Mm. And uh, so it had a lot of integrity about it. And I feel like we were not doing work that we weren't capable of. In a lot of instances, our mission was to get brands on television who weren't on television before. So that's a different mindset than how can we keep the profit everywhere. Like, you know, I feel like it mm. was quite, you know, a noble cause for me at the time. Yeah. Um, and it's grown... And you you are driven by that, aren't you? I mean, noble you, cause, you, yeah. Well, <laughs> no, doing the right thing. Yeah. I mean, you've always been someone you know when we work together and and all mm. the way through mm. you are inclined to want to do the right thing i know I think rather than none. doing what's <laughs> best for you yes i totally agree i feel like Which i is, have is um, integrity isn't it it's Having integrity, integrity absolutely and and it hasn't uh, always you know paid off, paid off. i'm uh, not the big multimillionaire that uh, other people in the industry have I, been i, I say of, to people all the time you know if i had have uh, mm. accepted getting paid on savings yeah. Which I don't get paid on no. savings. I get paid a fee to do the work. Mm. But if I'd got paid on savings, I wouldn't be here. I would have yeah. retired 10 years ago. <laughs> and and everyone, yeah. everyone that we touched would be decimated because we would mm. have ripped the guts out of every remuneration model yeah. and uh, walked away with big fat payments for savings. I, we, I just couldn't do it. No. You know, I couldn't live with myself. I agree. No, I couldn't live with myself. And I've been called two things and I actually embrace it now. So back in agencies, they, you know, that was in the days when they didn't even have the ACCC, right? So the broadcast department was sort of the end of the line. So I felt like I was the one saying, hang on a minute, you can't do that. That's like... And what did so, they call you? I was called the nun. The there. nun. <laughs> oh, you're such a nun, you know. I'm going, oh, no because way. I do the right thing by my client. <laughs> yeah, that was by the client, yeah. And, and, and then what else? Um, the other one I get called now is the marketing police. The marketing police. Yeah, because I won't um, deliver any uh, creative or production or even strategy until we know that the right thing's done and that, you know, the, that they've got... Um, everything in place that what we produce is going to work and not waste money. So, and next time someone calls you that, yeah. can you do me a favour and look them straight in the eye and say, and you have the right to remain silent, so oh, yeah. start now. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But it has to take bravery on my part. Like people yeah, go, oh, my God, you're so brave and so courageous. And I, I think it's actually because it's well-intentioned. And um, I have to say, are you prepared for me to be the friend you you need not the friends you want. <laughs> well, so um, so ICS is part of the gig economy, isn't it? Because what you're offering mm. is 
access for clients and agencies to this mm. huge group of people out there, mm. incredibly talented people, yeah. who now find themselves not employees within organizations, but yeah. pretty much out there freelancing or yeah. consulting or, you know. Yeah. So there's a there's a big gig economy happening here, isn't it? I definitely think uh, there was a moment in time where I, that, you know, this, this and my client-side experience just sparked everything about the new way forward. So JWT got rid of five really senior, really amazing talent and I and like ECDs and all mm -hmm. creative directors and they all happen to have graying hair and I just went oh my god we just can't have an industry with the best talent lost it was really upsetting to me and I've been feeling you know at times a little invisible like and I could talk more about being client-side and as a female in a a male world where I would say oh the lights in that edit are coming on twice and the my boss staring at me like don't speak in this room please and then he would sneak back in after the meeting was closed and say by the way i've just noticed that the lights go on twice in this edit can like, you fix it yeah. can you fix it as if it never been heard before i'm yeah. thinking that's horrendous you know to be happens invisible right it happens a lot so that gender thing and age whatever that is and the fact that i was um a strong person just was a freak out so and I feel that that's prejudice behind a lot of that. Okay, so you've got a business that actually taps into this huge group of people, highly yeah. talented, great experience, that mm. gives them, you know, it gives the, the clients and agencies an opportunity to, mm. to access these people. Yeah. But also you've been very vocal around these issues of like mm. ageism, yeah. uh, sexism, yeah. lack of diversity. I mean, uh, is it just it's part of the business model or is this something that's a personal thing? It's actually um, probably both those things. So I definitely have a topic in it on a personal level. And look, to be honest, I even have a transgender child. So, you know, my whole um, world has had some learning to do. And I've also realised through that experience that I had my own um, ignorant um unconscious bias too so i feel like i understand unconscious bias is racism when you don't know you're doing it and you don't mean it but it's still racism right bias, yeah it's so like you, it's you and like choosing your whether mates it's racism or uh, yeah. stereotypes or you know. yeah or whatever it might be there's some of it's accidental so i feel as an industry that not just the way that agencies are making money and i've talked about that in detail that the timesheet model is actually a um, killing the talent in the industry and actually costing brands more than uh, it ought to to have really good ideas. So when I see the, this sort of profitability thing is pushing the best talent out, I've also realised that those individuals, there's no way that a big brand is going to hire them by themselves. No, all, it's too yeah. hard. It's, can't find yeah, them, there's, can't there's, qualify uh, them. Yeah, if there's... 400 mm. great art directors and writers, yeah. how are they going to find them? I mean, I yeah. think agencies have enough trouble and they're going yeah. usually through any one of the number of freelance um, yeah. you know, brokers or talent agents. Yeah, yeah re recruiters or whatever. Yeah. yeah, so I definitely don't want to be that. So I feel like I'm, I don't really believe in... Uh, can I have a creative to come and sit in my chair for and a I'll day? And I'll take 20 right? or 30% of yeah. the salary. I don't really buy into that for a lot of reasons, but partly I feel like I'm more business-minded than that. So I feel like you tell me your problem 
and we'll come up with the solution. So my business model can also mean that the outcome is what matters. So if I get in my network a bunch of really grown up senior talent or a 20 year old, whatever is right for the brief, yeah. I don't even feel that's relevant to my um, client. The idea is what matters. Yeah, the output the of output it, not how you matters. get there. Yeah. So, so you can tap right. into, you've got this network of people that you can mm. tap into yeah. to actually get the idea right. Whether yes. they're um, mm. uh, old, young, male, female, transgender, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's the idea that counts. Yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah. Look, I think personally, mm. having known you for a while, mm. I think it's because simply being like a recruiter slash headhunter, mm. while you need to be people focused mm. to do that, mm. you are much more about doing things and making things happen. Yes, this is why you're attracted true. to production. Yes, that's you know, right. Because you could see tangible things yes. as an output of that. That's right. Even when you yeah. before talked about working in mm. research, mm. what are you doing? You're pulling insights out of research groups. You know, everything yeah. you've, you do, Anne, mm. seems to be about producing yeah. a tangible output. That's right. A value at the end yeah. of that rather than mm. just, you know, yeah, here, take them for a week and give me 20%. No, that that's right. I couldn't live with myself to just take a clip off. Yeah, you're not a ticket. No, I'm not a quick ticket person at all. And, and you're right about even in the research because it was actually not just the insights, but then I actually he proposed what to do with it. What's the go-to-market yeah. strategy that you could take those insights with? So that was unusual in a research company as well from what I've learned too. It went down a treat, mind you. I really loved it. So I, I feel like that's my place now. And, and I feel like it is modular. So it's you can – let's just – figure out what the strategy is with independence and integrity. Like I saw a um, some data the other day that showed what agencies and brands consider as the most effective channels and then the data that showed that actually they weren't aligned. Mm -hmm. So it was really a fascinating thing. Yeah, yeah I've seen that research Yeah, you know, well. yeah. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. It's everything that I was concerned about. Like being on the client side, for a start, the, uh, both uh, client side roles that I've had the target audience segmentation is different between the agency the media company Absolutely. the researcher the sales team and mm. what they're thinking is like who's engaging online uh, you know Google Analytics none of them are consistent they all have their own tools so what they're also forgetting is that those people are who's coming to them based on the strategy and the creative that you're running now that's not who your potential audience is. Mm. So there's this massive like thing the whole industry is just. Well, it's, a, it's a, a misalignment or a dislocation mm. yeah. in intent because you know, each group has got a different language in a way, and no one's yeah. translating it to actually make sure that it's aligned mm. and delivering all the way along. Yeah, and that's because there's so many different groups mm. even internally mm. i'm sure you found yes. this working inside mm. organizations as a as a marketer as a client yeah. that even within the organizations as you said sales mm. will be different yes. from finance which yeah. will be different from marketing mm. which even will be different from the call center getting yeah. that alignment yeah. is incredibly difficult when you push it through the mm. the supply chain they the procurement people call it of an agency and research companies and media mm. companies yeah. it just becomes yeah no so i think it's a fundamental uh untapped 
opportunity for proper uh, growth on a, a brand that's for sure and so for me I'm going well uh, what's also that that comparison chart is suggesting that there's a vested interest in a lot of the recommendations that are coming uh, from the uh, the partners that are involved so I want to have a ideal world for me is that the media strategy the brand strategy and even creative um, strategy is independent and that is done without not a minute's suggestion of any um, financial gain from anything mm. and then it's completely only about the brand so I've got some really high-level strategists that are in my family now that have you know run big media companies and been CEOs of big agencies and things like that and independently they so it's like a collective isn't it it is a collective yes yeah. so you could call it an artist collective but I think it's more of a um, well it's a business a, collective it's, yeah. it's an artist collective it's you know it's a collective of people That's it, yeah. that have complementary skills and you can bring them together yeah what would be your ideal client without mm. naming a client what would the ideal client the ideal project if the phone was to ring now and yeah. someone said hi I'm yeah. from such and such what would they be looking for from ICS so I think uh, there's two streams so my ideal client is someone that's probably a little bit tired of the agency model where they're not getting value out of it and potentially they want to start to have more control from the brand so they can come to us and have independent strategy or independent uh, production so then there's no um, you know sort of hidden agendas and they're not set with the um, set people in the in their little family so it's completely independent those two things so they're probably I don't know they've uh, got a marketing department already um, they've probably got uh, you know five to ten million minimum spending in marketing um, and then on the other hand it could be a giant scale brand who just wants some really unique um, projects from time to time so that you know like having been in visual effects in the past there's no reason that you need to go to a visual, visual effects house because you know I was working on a project recently with a, um, a pitching on a project for a talking dog and so instead of having to go to Animal Logic and Finn design all these big post houses with big margins everywhere uh, you know I'm kind of like the wholesale model right so yeah that makes it really competitive uh, for a big agency as well to use us for the tricky things so I feel like for production I could probably help out with a, a you know a model where there's some lower end consistent stuff but I think a lot of people should be empowered to do that themselves yeah but it seems to me that you've got an incredibly flexible model it is that's right it's yeah. got relatively low overheads mm. Yeah. Because, you know, you yeah. pull the teams together to get yep. the job done. That's right. Or um, even hire an office just for the project. Yeah. It, or when you need it. Or work yeah. in with the client. That's if they it. wanted to create some space, you could actually bring Correct. the team into the... Yeah. It's, it, it's, look, it's fascinating. It's it certainly... Is, yeah. um, I think the industry is probably struggling to try and get mm. a sense of what this actually means. I agree, Because yeah. I've heard, you know, and I'm sure you have too, a lot of people are going, oh, mm. what's that all about? You know, and, and the yeah. usual dismissive, uh, mm. But it, look, it's really fascinating, Anne. And, uh, Thank you, and yeah. look, all the best because I think it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a really legitimate mm. alternative mm. to what is being offered at the moment. So well done. 
Thanks very much. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. I feel like we've just got to do something different. Well, now year. I've got a last question for you, and that okay, is, you know, of all the creative directors that you've worked oh. with, all of the creative directors, <laughs> male and female, yes, who's your favourite? Mm-hmm.